Welcome to another episode of Dragons and Dreadforts, the Woo! ultimate Game of Thrones companion podcast. We are now at episode six of season one, which is a pretty huge accomplishment. We we've more than made halfway it, through. More we than did halfway it. through. Viserys is dead. Jesus, dude. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's gonna make it less fun to talk about when it happens. No, I need to celebrate it now. Okay. Uh, episode six is titled "A Golden Crown." Uh, the, it was released on May 22nd, 2011. It was written by David Benioff and directed by Daniel Minihan. We got a new one. Yep. Daniel Minihans. Little fingers. Daniel Minihans. <laughs> Good one. Um, before we get there, though, we have been sharing for a couple of weeks now that um, there are there's a phone number you can call and you can leave a voicemail uh, with some feedback, with some thoughts, with some questions. Uh, and so that number is 352-541-2409. But tonight we have our very first voicemail. That, that we're going to play. We are going to play. Yeah. We, we had one that we couldn't play. Thanks, Clint. Thanks, Glenn. Clint. And we have our first one that we can play. So let's tune in now. Hey, guys. This is Nick's wife, Emily. And first, I just wanted to wish Nikki a very happy birthday. Um, it'll be a little bit late, I guess, once the episode airs, but I'm just keeping celebration going. Um, but also, I wanted to mention Nick's epic wine spill in episode five. Yes. Um, he came home, and I was pretty shocked to see this, like, massive wine stain on his shore. But it was really funny listening to the backstory and – um, sorry about the rug, Justin. Just let us know what we owe you. Um, and then You've lastly, I wanted to address a scene in episode six. That's this one. Mainly because I know Nick and I feel differently about it. So I want you guys to discuss how Rob Stark was a big asshole to Theon after Theon saved Bran's life. I hope someone either agrees with me or make a better argument than Nick did to me about why I'm wrong. Um, anyway, love you guys. Bye. She's so butthurt. We love you too, Emily. Uh, and thanks for thanks for giving us a call. And this one's a fun one because it actually leads us into the episode that we're about to talk about. Um, rather than just be you know about the past episode, which is totally fine and a lot of fun. But um, yes, Emily, don't worry. I I think that uh, you you may not you may not be disappointed once we get there. Um, the fun part about that is she uh, she let me know that she called the voicemail line, and she was like, I don't know why, but I was so nervous. <laughs> and she was talking about how nervous she was, and she said that like she was like, yeah, my pits got sweaty. I was this, <laughs> I was that, and I went, did you say you had sweaty tits? <laughs> what? <laughs> Good. And her response was what? It was apparently she said pits. Yeah. <laughs> like she I said, said the pits. first time. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, no, her her and her sweaty Whatever. One of the two. Sweaty it. <laughs> one of the two. Whatever it's chances are they're both sweaty. But yeah. at the same time, um <laughs> no, it was it was really funny. Well, thanks for calling in. Uh we're gonna get there here in just a little bit. Uh just so, so people know you don't have to be nervous calling in. Right? No, but I mean, it is it is nerve wracking because well, you don't you don't really know if someone's gonna pick up or not. I know that I know that it seems like we're these big stars that aren't approachable, but really we are just regular people, just like you. We put on our underpants two legs at a time, just like you do. Uh, Nick, Nick puts his, his pants on, um, two legs at a time. Yeah. Actually, he has an, has an apparatus that he just jumps into. Cause in that morning. is different than how I put mine on as it, a regular person. Yeah. It, it, well, it ties into, uh, to my, um, 
my Instagram handle, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you want to find my Instagram, you can find me at, at bare naked ladies. Uh, but it's not like the band. You're thinking the band, I'm sure. I didn't realize that band existed after until after I made it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, I like bears and I like naked ladies. So B E A R. Bear, Bear. naked ladies, naked yeah. ladies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if Dwight Schrute from The Office, like you know, likes naked ladies, I think he does. But uh, he at, seems to. It, and there's no numbers, there's no underscores, just bare oh. naked ladies. Do you, get, do you get a lot of followers from? Yeah, people think people are like people send me DMs all the time. They're like, "Hey, um, are you guys gonna get to music at some point?" Uh, I say no. We do two things here: bears, bears, and naked, naked ladies. ladies. So bears. Beats. Find me at Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Bare Naked Ladies. All right. Well, let's jump in because we got a lot to get through here. Uh, make sure you do follow old Nikki Holmes at Bear B E A R Naked Ladies on Instagram. Uh, so this episode opens with a scene uh, where Ned is waking up, and the first face we see is Cersei. Cersei, Cersei. and what a miserable sight. After Ned's face, but yeah. Yeah, but I'm talking about like for Ned, he oh, wakes yeah. up, first thing he sees. This smug look on her Cersei. face. Is just disgusting. So um, we jump in, and in fact, I believe the first line in the episode is, do you know what your wife has done? She just jumps right on in. And yep. um, and very Cersei-esque. Um, and she just begins to like berate Ned, who's recovering from a pretty serious wound. Um, you know, the last that Robert and Ned, their last interaction was a tense one. Poor. Um, yeah, poor. Um, and so we just, we get into this scene that is, is not, uh, looking good for Ned. Cersei's just railing him. We know that Robert and and Ned. Not in a good way. Not in the, not in the good way. We know that, uh, Ned and Robert left things on rocky ground. So I'm watching this and I'm curious to hear your feedback, Keith, um, you know, I, I'm the first time watching this through. I remember feeling a little bit of like nervousness for Ned because he doesn't seem to be he's weak physically, but then he's at a disadvantage because he's got Cersei and Robert uh, here confronting him as soon as he wakes up. Um, so, th- did you have any of those thoughts, like, or or was that not something that kind of crossed your mind? The situation that he's in, maybe like a little bit with seeing her there, but like once I saw Robert, I was like, okay, he's fine, because like regardless of how they're going to leave things, I don't think that their relationship will break over that. Especially not with him just like laying in bed. Yeah. As as he was leaving that, the, the, uh, like small, small council chamber though, Robert was saying like pretty heated. Yeah. I'm going to put your head on the spike. (laughs) Well, and I feel like Ned's probably heard that so many times from him. That's true. He's a little high. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like with him saying, and, whatever this is like him saying like, I never loved my brothers, but like I chose you. Yeah. Like, I feel like you could see that throughout all the first five episodes anyway. So I didn't need to hear that, but like hearing that it's like, all right. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that you had that thought because that what that shows is that they've done a good job of establishing yeah. the relationship between the two, which there's so much story. There's so many characters, there's current situation, there's backstory and there's so much has happened and for the the relationship of Ned and Robert to have emerged as something concrete and stable, something that you don't have any concern about, is is means that they did a good job because yeah. we see in the coming dialogue that they did indeed have a, a good relationship, and that Robert was pissed. Probably 
rightfully so. He is the king, and Ned told him, fuck off. And, right. and he says, I'm the king. I get what I want. Yeah. Do you think Robert likes Ned more than Ned likes Robert? You know, there's always that. Like, there's always somebody in a friendship that likes the other one actually just a little bit more, right? So today, audience, we're going to actually be talking about Nick and Justin's relationship. That's oh, why I wasn't I've, talking that's why to anybody you're all specific here in the room. <laughs> if someone could oh, bring talking to anybody down. specific in the room. You I was looked at me, no. though, and it made me feel because like I'm the, one, were on I'm the one that likes you more. See, that's how I feel sometimes. I feel like sometimes I like you more. Yeah, see, he, I, that's what I thought. I thought he was going to go with Nick likes Justin more than Justin likes Nick. Okay, it hurts that Keith actually picked that one. <laughs> that Do you, you think that's true? Oh, I don't know. Don't bring me into this. <laughs> I can tell you that I like my wife more than my wife likes me. Oof. I can tell you that... Maybe that's why she was nervous I, to call. It's kind of surprising <laughs> yeah. how much Emily likes you. It is, isn't it? It, it really is. Yeah, I don't know her, and I'm shocked. It's she's sweet. <laughs> it's really sweet, but she, it, she's crazy about yeah. you and it's kind of annoying and there's really Back no reason why i'm a very average human being. <laughs> i i think you're awesome very average human being. but i like as, you a lot yeah i like you too Keith. hey thanks yeah uh anyways robert or ned who likes who more based on this conversation um, i think robert needs ned more than ned ooh. needs robert that's good that's good i think ned has a, i i see that ned has like I see some of my my qualities in Ned. Like I love my my people, no matter what. Um, and I like I think Ned has true. I think that they both do, but Ned ha- clearly has a undying loyalty and love for Robert. Interesting. See, like, I take away from this scene that Robert likes Ned more. Like because Robert's talking about like he's getting kind of soft. He's like you know I never loved my brothers, but I love you. You know you're the brother I chose. All this kind of stuff, and Ned never really backs off of. Let me go back to Winterfell. Let me get. Let me get back to my wife. Let me get back to my kids. Let me get. You know, and I Robert's think that, like, that no, fuck you. You're I here. I don't think that has anything to do with their relationship. I think that has everything to do with the, the the current plot is unfolding. Yeah, and he feels the urgency to address these things. That's why he pushed back so directly with Cersei, even when Cersei's like berating him he's he is no he's uh, the kingslayer has fled let me bring him back like do you really ned do you honestly think that the outcome of that conversation is yep you know what we are going to bring jamie lannister here to king's landing to, to stand trial and and, and have ju- and that you're going to be the one to do it that's never going to happen that no matter what the relationship is between ned and robert that is not going to happen and he's i think he's just feeling the urgency i think he's fearful for his family Obviously, when he left, Bran was in a coma. Um, you know, last he spoke with Catelyn, there was this urgency to, like, there's new information and we got to figure out what's going on. Since she left, there's been a, uh, a development in the story. She took Tyrion and and that led to, I mean, that amongst other things led to the the showdown with Jamie and Ned and the. Sh- I just think I don't think that has anything to do with how how much he loves Robert. I think it has everything to do with how he's trying to juggle all the pieces and 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 balance everything that's happening right now. Okay, you disagree? No, I don't disagree. I think that's good. Um, you're right. I mean, he wants to get back to win. I think he wants to get back to win NFL because he knows there's going to be a war, and he knows that there's that like Winterfell is his home and he needs to defend his home. Cause like, you know, that that's a, and, and Winterfell is this, you know, giant fortress that can be held really easily and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, if he's not there, 
you know, it's it's Rob, it's you know, he's uh, separated from Ryan. the North, who are his bannermen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's he a, has nobody at King's Landing. Yeah, I don't I don't think it has anything. All his to do men with just Robert. got killed. Yeah. Um. So then, obviously, uh, I thought that this was kind of weird how this ended up kind of turning on Robert because Robert's response to both Ned and Cersei is like, "Stop it! Quit it! This is not. This is over. This is done." Like whatever's transpired, it, this is the end of it. We're we're moving on, and she kind of gets uh, attacky of him. Um, she has a line where she says, "I should wear the armor and you the gown," and it just I don't I don't think that all the way from London. I didn't Damn. I didn't feel like Robert had done anything to up until this point to disrespect her or her family. Or to elevate Ned, or or to to introduce the feeling that he's a coward, or that she's. Dist- I just felt like he's trying to say, "Look, you're my two strongest allies. You're my best friend. You're my wife. Like this, we got this. Is it? No more fighting. No more unnecessary." And Cersei seems to just be poking the bear and just poking, poking. Are you saying she deserves it? Are you saying she deserved nope, it? No, that, no, uh, no. You heard it here first. That folks. is not what I'm saying. Stop, bloop, bloop. stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I do not condone domestic violence. No. I'm just saying it felt weird that she seemed to take that frustration that she had pretty justifiably towards Ned and just turn it to Robert in an instant. And I just thought that that was weird. I don't know if you guys had thoughts on it other than I'm not a domestic violence sympathizer. <laughs> I mean, did she have justification to be angry at Ned? Yeah. What was? What do you think that is? I mean, she, hit, Ned's wife kidnapped his, her brother. Well, yeah, and Ned's like, taking credit for it. Ned has said she, twi- twice. Twice now. She cares though, or is it more like the name thing? It's a pride thing, but it's, it's still pride, yeah. it's still her family, right? But is it like does it require that level of like like you're saying like poking Robert about it? No, that's what I'm saying. I think it's weird. I think it's okay. weird that it just like became like a more intense thing than was necessary. Right. Seems to me like Keith also thinks that. <laughs> I guess I agree with you then. So then we see Ned. Course. Ned is watching. <laughs> Ned is watching as Robert just. Smacks I mean, hard. I didn't remember it being that hard. You know how hard you have to slap some. I mean, I could slap you five times and not make you bleed or make you like. She had this welt, and she's gonna wear it like a badge of honor, apparently. Yeah, and you'll wear it in silence. I'll honor you again. Yeah, I hated all of that, but that line—that's a good. That's a good line. Uh, It is. Yeah, it's rough because it's like, I do like Robert. He knows he did. He messed up. Mm -hmm. It's not okay. Uh, That line is really good. But again, just so that my wife doesn't call in next week, <laughs> we uh, do not condone. Uh, no, we on we in Dragons and Dreadforts do not in any way condone domestic violence. Correct. But if you're going to do it, have a really good line afterwards. Is that fair? Fair uh, to say? Um, <laughs> I would say don't Tune do in it. next week for my apology section. <laughs> You're not even drunk enough to make statements like this yet. Can you just hold they on? They don't know that. The this week. <laughs> Nick's apologies corner. Yeah. So then, obviously, Cersei walks out with uh, Shiner, and uh, and we see Robert just talking again, reinforcing this idea that he's trying to hold it all together. He talks about like I can't rule like a kingdom. I can't be a, an effective king if I've got you know the Starks and Lannisters fighting with each other. Um, 
he's like, it's done. It's over. It, you know, you need to fix it. Release Tyrion. You know, have your wife bring Tyrion back. Like, this is it. No more. I'm the king. I get what I want. He's obviously talking about, you know, telling telling Ned, not asking Ned that you're you're going to be the hand. Like, you're not going back to Winterfell. I need you here. You're my right hand man. And um, I just I just thought that, it, you know, and then obviously we saw you guys have talked already about, you know, the vulnerability of Robert. But I thought that was I thought Robert has shown he's a big, tough, strong king. But he's also shown a couple times throughout the show that he he is emotional and he he's vulnerable at times. And um, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know if maybe I'm wrong about this. I don't know. Like hearing you say that he's shown that he's a big, strong king. I don't think he's shown that. And I think there's something to maybe say. I don't know a ton about his background. Well, that's more what I'm getting to. Not in the show, but we've gotten glimpses of his background, specifically like Rinley talking about him as a warrior, Ned talking about him as a warrior. We know that there, I mean, there was a rebellion and Robert ended up, you know, the usurper. He ended Mm -hmm. up sitting on the throne after a war with a Targaryen dynasty that had lasted 300 years. So we know that at some point he was, you know, uh, a powerful leader, and he ended up as king. Now, in the show, we maybe haven't seen a ton of that, but we have seen the vulnerable, vulnerable side of a guy who's, you know, a father of a couple of kids that we know about. We've met Joffrey. We've met maybe uh, not some bastards, but um, we don't. I mean, he he's reigned for seventeen years. Yeah, seventeen years. And and so he's show, showing some vulnerability, whereas Ned pretty much is just a, a rock. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I uh I I like I like every bit that we get except for the whole hitting women thing. Uh every bit of Robert that we are given. Um mm. and yeah, you don't get a whole lot of his backstory in the show, but in the books they'll throw in things like like he's not the man that he you know when he look when he looks in the mirror or looks at himself he's not the man he used to be or this or right. that like, and I think they touched on that in like the hunting scene a little bit yeah it's kind of a little like back in my day yeah days, back in my day which and fucking Rinley I loved his brother's response yeah to yeah we'll get there okay. we'll get there but I also we like, gotta slow down to get to that two hour and twenty minute mark <laughs> yeah well and also like from where I am now I don't know what his background was right. like was he the lord of whatever house yeah so he, he was like so, did he have training to do this so the Baratheon's seat is Storm's End mm-hmm. um, and which is a great name it is it is uh, Baratheon's seat is Storm's End and um, but he was he's not the oldest brother mm-hmm. uh, his brother they, um, Rinley mentioned Stannis is is Robert's older brother um, I believe I'm pretty sure Stannis is older than Robert. Stannis acts older than Robert. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. But that, when you bring attention to it, it makes me question it. That's yeah. called anxiety, and I've got it. Bad. I'll have to look that up. Um, yeah. That being said, so yeah, I mean, you have uh, this like yeah, they were the Baratheons were are, are a house of their own, right? Um, and they, you know, he they are their words are ours. Ours is the fury. I mean, they are. Good war, they're warriors, they're hunters, they're you know good you know men, so to speak. Right, but none yeah. of that necessarily translates into a good ruler. No, no, no. And that's like coupled like that coupled with, I don't like was he raised to be a ruler? No, that's the thing. He never wanted like, to be king. Yeah, he, his rebellion wasn't about being king. It was about that. What do you got? The internet Ro- tells us Robert. Robert Robert's the oldest. Damn. Robert's the oldest son and heir, heir of Lord Stephen Baratheon mm-hmm. and Lady Cassandra. 
Cassana, lack of hair. Cassana Estermont. Um, black of hair. Yeah, black of hair. So, um, yeah, Robert was older. You broke out your book of uh, famed houses and lineages and yes. descriptions. Justin yes. has a giant tome that's uh, encased with human skin. It's not the Necronomicon. It's a different one. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Ouch. That's, I'm not as nerdy that as is you. nerdy. Mom. What do you got? Shed, shed some light. What is that? No, don't worry about it. We'll go watch it later. No, we're here. We're I need to know. It's fine. We're gonna stop. We're gonna sit right here. Well, now you're gonna make me call in to question my nerd card. It's uh, okay. I'm pretty sure the Necronomicon is found within like a whole bunch of things, but I think um, crap. What's the movie with Ash and the chainsaw hand? Pokemon. Yep, you got it. Pokemon, <laughs> the, the classic <laughs> children's the chainsaw show. hand. Yeah, I don't know. Man, wow. I suck. It, 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 I you just, know what he's talking this about. This is literally, honestly, the, the worst. I, it's fine. I, the Necronomicon. 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 It sounds like a sounds like a Comic Con. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> anyway, we can move on. I, I I didn't realize that you were avoiding it because you weren't one hundred percent sure. Um, it is a cool name, and it's not that. It's just a different tome that has all the all the information I need in it. Um, Google. So, uh, so then we get the scene where, or the 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 moment in the scene where uh, Robert's leaving, he tosses, or uh, you know, Ned talks about you know the the Targaryen girl, and Robert cuts him off, says the girl will die, and I'll hear no more of it, and then he tosses him the hand of the king and says, take it off again, and I'll pin it on Jaime Lannister, or I swear to the gods, I'll pin it on Jaime Lannister. Swear to the mother. Is that like? That's who Cat was praying to. There's seven gods in the new religion of uh, of Westeros, and mm-hmm. when they say old gods old and new, so you have old gods that are the. We've seen Ned, and we've seen them uh, meet under the god in the godswood in Winterfell. Those big trees, big white trees. Um, those that that's like the the eyes of the old gods in Westeros. Okay. Uh, now that really only exists in the north now. Um, but in the South, they, you know, they have the new gods, which are the seven. Um, and I could try to go into them. I probably would get them eventually, but it would probably take a See what bit. you can name. Okay. The father, the mother, uh, the, the son, crone, the Holy no, Spirit. no, the crone, the warrior, the, uh, stranger. Um, we're at five now or we're at six. We're, we're on number six. We're on number six. Um, Father, mother, warrior. It's okay. We got five of them. You might remember the rest later. This um, has nothing to do with the episode. Smith. The Smith is one Smith of them. Smith is six. The, the tree with the face in Winterfell. That's what he's talking That's about. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the, it's the, it's uh, a Mirwood tree, right? Mirwood? Weirwood. Weirwood. Sorry. What's Mirwood? I don't know. Some sort of. I think you made whatever. it up. Yeah. <laughs> a weirwood tree. Uh, and um, and yeah, that was, they're like considered the eyes of the old gods in North. Anyways. Do we learn about that ever, or do you just happen to You know do that? learn yeah, about yeah. it. Uh, the books talk about them a lot. Much more. It's, the, the religious aspect of the show is way, way more, more prevalent in the books. Um, but you will you will learn more about the backstory. And, okay, cool. And, and, I just keep seeing it in each intro, and I'm like, that's interesting. Yeah, I want to know yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's, you know, um, there was a scene where... Um, well, we'll get into it because we'll get there. Um, so then we cut to Julia's trivia question: Is the seventh god that I can't get? Who's the seventh? Who's the seventh? Who's the god? seventh one? Is it death or is that just? Oh, 
nope. them talking about that later. That's that's uh, so he's from Bravos. Bravos is totally different. Gotcha. Uh, then we cut to a scene um, in Vice Dothrak where Danny has one of the dragon eggs in her hand, um, and she goes and puts it on the like the, the hot coals. Very excited about this, and decides to pick it up, and her. Slave girl. Slave girl comes over and freaks out, you know, takes it out of her hands, burns her hands, drops it, looks at Danny's hands unburnt, mm. shows her own hands, and it's got the marks of the scales where it burned her, even in that brief moment of her just briefly touching it, mm-hmm. burned her, and it's a powerful moment where we see that Daenerys is unburnt. And you... you mentioned that this you're excited about this what what was exciting i was exciting about putting the egg on the fire okay i I super want dragons to show up in the show okay Um, so putting the egg on the fire might i mean that that egg i just want to point out is pretty petrified it's pretty rocky yeah but it's it's pretty cool it is pretty cool i don't know enough about dragon eggs in this world to think that it's gone forever Sure, I was, but I was making a note specifically because it shows a really good shot of the egg, and it's got scales over probably three fifths of it, mm-hmm. and then the the top two fifths is just like broken away. the The scale scaly part is broken away, and it's just like rock under there. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is the eggs still have some color to them, mm-hmm. so it's not just. You know, it's not just stone, but anyway. So you're like, you're like looking forward to some dragons. Yeah. Do you think that dragon? We're gonna see dragons from these eggs that she has, or do you think that it's gonna be? Introduced? I mean, I think it would be super cool. I don't know. Um, they might show up later, but just the spoilery mother of dragons title that we talked believe, about in episode zero that you knew about, right? Makes me believe maybe they'll show up. Maybe they won't, but. Also, you know, learning about the line of dragons. And target I mean, the series said about a hundred times, like right. I'm the dragon, she's not a dragon. like the d- dragons are talked about often. Right. Um which maybe he wasn't a dragon. Clearly. Yeah. Well, clearly. Uh as Daenerys let us know. Um then we cut to Winterfell and Bran having another Raven dream. A three eyed um, Raven dream. Brief. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, is there anything significant other than we're seeing it again? I mean, it was the same thing, wasn't it? Except this time we went down that really long hallway. Yeah, and that—that's the the pathway to the crypt, which we've been there before. Okay, so briefly. that was in Winterfell. Yeah, it's in Winterfell. Okay. Um, Keith, would you like it better if it was called the Three Eyed Crow? I don't know. I know we talked about it earlier. I don't know if I know the difference between a crow and a raven. We did talk about that. Uh, I believe in the books, it's a Three Eyed Crow, right? It is. Yeah, in in the books. In the show, they've they've basically relegated any large black bird as, as a, a raven, send a raven. And in the book, in the books, crows play a much more significant role, and mm-hmm. they're they're a lot more present. Like um, in addition to ravens, like they have both of them, or they're just called crows yeah, ravens are. It's both. Okay. Um, but the most important part is that we then get into living awake Bran, and he's riding. Which obviously, you know, Hodor came in briefly with the saddle, but then we see Bran on the back of a horse. Um, then we see, you know, Bran's riding around. Then we see this moment of uh, Rob, who just, oh, every time he's on screen, I'm like, yes. And Theon having a conversation. Um, and, and Theon's kind of prompting him to think about, like, potentially 
you know, taking some course of action in response to Jamie, you know, shoving a spear in your father's leg in the streets of King's Landing, like, you got to do something, buddy. And mm-hmm. Rob's like, no, you know, I can't. The, That's you know, for the Lord of Winterfell. The Lord of Winterfell, yeah. And um, uh, Rob has a line where he says, it's not your duty because it's not your house. And this, uh, again, we've kind of talked about Theon, his relationship with the Starks. Like, are you getting a more clear picture I mean, they're they're trying to piece together this imagery of like who he is and what he is. Mm-hmm. But we, it's kind of conflicting because sometimes we see him at private meetings with just the family, where Cat had, you know, Rob and and the Maester, and and they were talking. Theon's there, like, and they're talking about like taking some action, of, you know, in in the dagger and going and informing Ned. But then we see this line where Rob's like, "Know your place." This this isn't it. Like you know, you you don't need to worry about it. I got this. And Rob learned from that conversation. That was the thing. That's what's cool is that he learned quickly from that conversation. That conversation, he was ready to go. And that's when Theon came behind him and said, "You know, I'll stand behind you, whatever." And uh, but but now when an actual act of war has happened, uh, Rob decides. Well, you know what. Let's play it cool. Let's play it out. Let's see where it goes rather than jumping to conclusions. And I think it's such a big thing. It's huge. Yeah. I think that as well as he's feeling like probably a little bit self-conscious about the responsibility he has and he doesn't want to make a mistake. He doesn't want to um, defame the name of, of Stark. He doesn't want to make a mistake and dishonor his family, dishonor his father, who he holds in high regard. Uh, bring shame to the North and winter. Like there's a lot riding on whatever decision he makes as temporary acting acting Lord Lord of Winterfell as a very young man. Um, And so I think a lot of that is prevalent. And um, so anyway, I just thought thought that was an important line to kind of continue to unfold who Theon is, the difference between the Stark siblings and Theon that he has been in a lot of scenes where he's, you know, kind of there at all times, Mm -hmm. but that we're seeing this like relationship and this, um, uh, you know, establishment of the roles where it's not your house. So it's not really your concern. Well, he seems to just be ready to jump into anything, which is a pretty great joy thing. Maybe kind of violence more than anything, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get that from episode one where he was ready to just cut open his wolves. Yeah. Um, That is one piece where going back to the voicemail we had um, from, I don't know, some beautiful woman that called in. uh, She's probably out of your league. Yeah. She's very, very much out of my league. Very out of his league. Um, That being said, uh, that's one piece where she was talking. Like like, when we're watching it, she's saying like, are you going to call Rob an asshole? Because if Catelyn would have said that, you would have been pissed. Because Catelyn talks shit to John like that, and we thought she was a big giant bitch. And is Rob an asshole for that conversation? I don't think so. Me neither, Keith. Um, I agree with Emily. Whatever. The, I don't know. No, oh. I don't. I don't think. No, I don't think that he was. But he didn't say anything out of line. He didn't sugarcoat it. But he didn't say anything incorrectly. Right. Um, the thing with John that's weird is that he's the son of the Lord of Winterfell. He's the son of the Warden of the North. He is a bastard, but he still has Stark blood. And and Catelyn is the wife of his father, and he's she's treated him as an outcast and an outsider this whole time. Whereas what is what Rob, in my opinion, is doing in this conversation is saying, "Hey, look, there's a lot at stake here, and it's my responsibility to make the decision. And so I don't need you to 
insert too much because it's my responsibility. Are you sure? Well, John's not, not the sure son what? of an... You don't want him to insert too much? I would like him to insert <laughs> all the way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, I'm um, kidding. But John's not the son of an enemy, though, right? Like, he's... Like, I, I know the answer to my own question. Like, he's the bastard son of Ned, but isn't... I just forgot his name again. But, like, isn't he Theon. the son of a enemy that was defeated theon yeah that's why theon is a is a is a is a ward of he's like a hostage almost he yeah. is so he's like, treated well for the most part but he's he's a hostage he's held he is held in winterfell under the 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 lordship and the the tutelage of the starks mm-hmm. basically to keep the gray joys in line to make sure that they don't step beyond their boundaries again and rebel again this happened after the gray joy rebellion where they tried to become their own own entity, their own kingdom, right? And it didn't go well. They lost. And in order to ensure that they didn't step out of line again, Theon was sent to live with Ned and his family and basically be be collateral just in case, right? So my point with that was like the response, like a a jerkish response to him, is it doesn't seem as bad as like a jerkish response to John. Yeah, I like, mean, John didn't do anything other than be born. Which just to play devil's advocate, though, Theon didn't do anything in that rebellion either. You know, the- Theon was just this like five year old, six year old kid or whatever, mm-hmm. and decides that it's um, <clears throat> you know, and he it's not his choice to right. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's yeah. either one is justified, but I think snipping to him is more right. justified than snipping. You to hear, John. heard it here first. Catelyn's still a giant bitch. And yeah, Rob's and, cool. and and. and Theon wasn't kicked out of the feast with the rest of the family and Theon, by the way. Yeah. Theon was there Mm -hmm. sitting at the table with the family, all the kids. Like he was there, a a very present person, and he's an enemy of the crown by blood. I mean, he's, he's, he was a kid, but he, and, and, because I mean, like Danny didn't do anything and the king's trying to kill her. Right. You don't have to convince me. Um, I'm just, but we're probably going to lose a listener. So, no, I'm just, no, because we're, we're not there yet. Seven. We're not to the part she's talking about yet. This is when it, this is when it started. This is a sure. conversation that she brought up specifically in her voicemail. Well, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She, she brought, don't do that. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> don't do that. Uh, we're getting there, by the way. God, we know. Um, Emily, he's pretty deep into the bottle now. Please yeah. forgive him. So, so anyways, yeah, it started here. And then it, it moves on to the next part. So then we, we see uh, this group of people come up to Bran do you know who these people are? The wildlings. Okay. Mm. Um, Osha or Asha is the main is Osha. the girl, mm. um, and she, she, what? and then the guys. I mean, Asha's the main main wildling in that scene because she's the only one who lives. Um, and they we see mention of Benjamin Stark. Um, we, we obviously that came from Brand saying like, "Leave me alone." Um, um, you know, um, one of the one of the Children of Winterfell, like I'm, I'm a Stark, and then they talk about Benjen, which connects some dots. We know that you know you you obviously made the connection that they're wildlings. Did they they didn't say that, right? No, um, no, I don't think so. They talk a lot about Things if you put pe- pieces together, yeah, you know, they're going to go as far south as south goes. There's no mm-hmm. White Walkers there. Benjen Stark, like, I'm glad that you picked up on that. Um, yeah, I think we've not weave, but I think they've talked about it in the show a couple times, and so I just kind of assumed. Yeah. That's what they were, especially no, the way they're dressed and everything. Right, they're and dressed much more warmly than I feel like needed. Just to be. a normal person. Well, one be. of the yeah, one of those guys was dressed like a brother of the Night's Watch. Yeah, he the, had a the main guy was all, in all black, which is pretty that's probably rare. their like it their, is their uh, 
cover almost like, yeah, I'm the brother. These are my people I'm taking to the, you know, whatever. So, um, since we used the trivia question earlier as seventh one, did you, did you recognize Asha? No, you just said OSHA. OSHA, OSHA. And, yeah, that's a governmental entity that different does yeah. fun things. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do you rec- You don't recognize her? I don't. She play the actress also played Tonks in Harry Potter. Oh wow! Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that you'd pick up on it because she was a minor Harry Potter character. Um, I, I remember what Tonks looks like, but I didn't. I wouldn't put the two she together. looks different. Very different. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's bit. made it look kind of rough. Uh, you know, Tonks. Tonks was much more significant in the books, in oh, the yeah. Harry Potter books. But um, anyway, we were gonna have that as a trivia question, but since we have a different one, but I need that seventh god. Someone's gonna tell me the seventh god because <laughs> uh, I'm dying over here. Google could tell you. Just give us all the gods, old and new. The the old gods don't have names. Maybe they do. They, okay. You don't know what the name of the seventh one is. Good point. Mm. That's true. He I'm got losing my expert witness status. It's yeah, going down you're, by, the, you're, by the episode, by the glass. I love it. Then we see Rob, you know, have this scene that just, oh, it makes me feel good because he's, we've seen his doubt. We've seen him questioning his status. Like, I am the Lord of Winterfell right now, but I, I'm scared to, like, assert my authority. But then he does. We see a sweet battle scene where he, makes quick work of two of the wildlings mm-hmm. and then he's got Asha by the hair. And then obviously the other guy has Bran, you know, with the dagger at his throat, like I'll, I'll kill him. And Bran is like, he tell he tells Rob to drop his sword and Bran says, no, don't. And I'm like, what, what do you want him to do? Well, he knows that in that scenario, after this, after Rob drops the sword, what's that guy going to do? Right. You know, so, um, and then, thankfully, Theon comes through with a just a sick shot. Nice shot. Great yeah. shot. Um, and downs the third uh, of the four wildlings. And then we see the moment where Rob goes to Bran. They have a moment. You know, B- Rob checks out to make sure he's okay. And then, then he turns on Theon and is like, what are you doing? You, what if you missed? All this. And Theon's like, well, I didn't. You know, like, right. and I have in my notes, <clears throat> Rob was rude to Theon, but I'm going to correct these notes to make Emily happy. Rob was an asshole to Theon. Um, it makes me sad because Rob was my favorite character in the show. And it it just, it it stunk. I think that um, I'm going to uh, defend him, but he was an asshole. I'm not defending him being an asshole. I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. I think he probably felt a ton of emotion in that moment. I think that he was overcome with the fear. You know what? I wasn't watching close enough. You know, Brand got away. What could have happened? I think it's that moment of like, as a parent, it's happened to me before where um, my kids are doing something insane. Usually Stella, she's, you know, climbing over something or what? And, and she gets, she falls, she starts crying like, or, or whatever the scenario is. And I'm like checking on her to make sure she's okay. But I'm also like, flustered or mad that she like why did you do this why did you what you know like and it's it's an emotional response and so i think that um he was emotional i do think that he he was unnecessarily rude i think that he should have shown more appreciation for theon and i don't think in my opinion that theon did anything wrong in that moment i i would be interested to hear if you guys feel differently but i think in that scenario these guys are also really young 
Theon and, and Rob are also, you know, late teens at, at best. And there's not a lot of like strategy and thought process. It's a lot of like, oh my God, this is a bad situation. We got to figure out how to take care of it. And so I don't think that Theon did anything wrong. Keith? Um, I think I get where he's coming from with it. I mean, it's like in um, any action movie where like some guy's got a hostage and then like you see the the expert cop shoot the guy in the head or whatever. Yeah. It's like John McClane. So yeah, they like make it a real big deal. Like, Oh, that's a one in a hundred shot or whatever. So, um, I like to think about that scene, like the scene from rush hour two, when, uh, the little girl is being held by the terrorist guy and $50,000. Who do you think you got? Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> I've never seen Rush Hour 2. Oh, my God. That's Jackie Chan, right? Jackie Chan. uh, um, What's... um, Martin Lawrence. uh, No, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. And uh, that's... (laughs) I don't know if you got my Chris Tucker impression. I heard it. It was really good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now it's on the internet for everybody. But uh, she, like... They they've, like... They've fixed the bomb or whatever on her chest. And she's just, like... Or at least she thinks they fixed the bomb. And she's like making this big deal. It's like six-year-old. Like, push the damn button. And, you know, I don't know. But it just, that's what makes me, it makes me think of that scene. Now, clearly, you guys have not seen that. Or you would be saying, yeah, it's exactly like that. But that's not what I'm getting from your faces. I think it's been a, such a long time that I don't remember. Okay, it. you should rewatch it. It's great. It's Chris Tucker's does only, it hold up? only in best work. I think it does hold up. Yeah. It's very funny. Specifically the second one? Yeah, specifically the second one. Right. Um, that being said, Rob had the emotional response. Sure, he was a bit rude. Theon was also a douche when he came up. Like he he comes up and he's talking about like in the Iron Lions, you're not a you're not a man until you kill your first enemy. Like he's like excited about these these deaths, excited about the action. He's way too excited. It was like it's like Rob read that to say you were like you were like happy to take that shot. You should have fucking thought about it. Like, sit down. Hold on a second, man. He also, he also just got put down by Rob and did something heroic and probably felt a little bit like... Heroic for his own... Is, yeah, but... Yeah. This is going to maybe change some stuff. He probably did it. He had a little swagger. He made a great shot. He saved Bran, potentially saved Rob. And, of course, he feels a little bit of pride in that. And I okay. think it's deserved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, you think he was rude. I think he was rude, but I don't think he's an asshole. Um, I think he was an asshole in that moment to, to Theon. Yeah. He showed no appreciation at all. True. None. True. There is appreciation deserved. Now, there's also more intentional thought warranted in the future, but there's also a, a great appreciation that's that's owed to Theon in that moment. Okay. Right. What do you think? It's not. There's not always time to think that much, and I think we're learning that with uh, Arya about like being in your troubles or whatever that they talk about. Yeah. Later, like you, you can't necessarily always like be there sometimes you just have to make make a decision the decision and live with it and he okay. did and yeah it could have hurt brand it could have done more but like i guess like you said like it didn't it didn't it, luckily anything any decision that we make in life always could go a different way could have a different outcome any conversation you have with someone could be received differently any action you make could be it, it, it's the butterfly effect. You can yeah, go back could and have change. Emily here on the podcast we could have Emily here and instead we have Nick and I don't know why but we do and that's that and You're welcome I, but I just think that spending time thinking about the what ifs instead of appreciating the outcome that did happen and that Bran is safe and that Rob is okay and that Theon is fine, like 
and that the threat is neutralized is and Rob did not even not even breathe in that direction. Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, beautiful anonymous woman, for uh, bringing up this um, contentious this, point. And yeah. now the podcast is broken yeah. up. Yeah. Now so hopefully, yeah. Emily, you do appreciate me siding with you because I know that you were frustrated about me calling Catelyn a bitch. I hold to that. Catelyn's a bitch. Giant. Bitch. A giant bitch. I'll double down on Are that. Are there giants in this world? There's giant bitches. Oh. Well, <laughs> all right. And uh, and Cat's one of them. Cersei's another. Um, then we cut to a scene with... But Cersei's Tyr- more, right? Yeah. Ooh. We'll see. I don't want to give anything away. You hear it here, folks. I'm not. I'm not. I'm <laughs> I just not. mean up to right now. Up until right now. Up until right now, I would say that Catelyn's a bigger bitch. Wow. Ooh, I'm going Cersei. They're both giant bitches. I just think the treatment of John, who's nothing but a sweetheart, is... I mean, Cersei... That's, you have a... You're like Tyrion. You got a special place in your heart for bastards and and i'm yeah so we've I, learned yeah. cersei's in a loveless marriage she's she's she raised joffrey get, and she, she raised, killed a dog and Both she of those things are terrible gets his shit beat out of her by her husband um do you think that's a constant thing though i don't know but no. it doesn't matter what we see is that she, he be, he whacked her and then threatened to do it again it was a great threat <laughs> <laughs> Weird and silence are on you again. <laughs> you again. Um, I would Terrible. say I would say up until this point, boop, boop. Catelyn, three, three white men <laughs> laughing yeah, about right. women, laughing at domestic violence. All right, moving on. I, I, yeah. So then we cut to a scene, uh, and this is brief, but Tyrion is in the cell. Uh, Mord comes in. Mord talking about gold. Mord, is a go. fairly humorous character. No yeah, gold. Yeah. Uh, it's really brief. Uh, I think the scene shows the the peril that Tyrion's potentially in because he rolls over and almost rolls off the edge there. Um, other than that, it was, it was pretty brief unless you guys have other thoughts on it. I like that. He was like, you are free. Go yeah. Be free. And then just points at the side. Like, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I like but... that. He actually searches him. He like, mm-hmm. he opened. No, <laughs> no go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It> just continues <laughs> that. Um, does it cut? Is that the same? Just is it the same scene where he comes back in for the second time? Or no, is it it's cut later. I think the search okay. is the second scene. It cuts. No, the search is the first scene, and then the second scene is when Tyrion realizes I got to go about this a different way. He's talking about Lannister and, yeah. and the words, and You're he's right. explaining it to him in very layman's terms mm-hmm. because more needs it. Well, if we're gonna get there, then we're gonna I, get yeah. there. Um, now we cut to Sirio and Arya. Great scene. You touched on it briefly. There's a couple things. Uh, Serial mentions that you're not here. You're with your trouble. And if you're with your trouble when fighting happens, more trouble for you. Um, I just, I, I love Serio. Serio is a great character. He's got some really um, uh, deep intellectual thought. He, he I think, is uh, teaching Arya in a way that's relevant to her, that connects with her. We see her kind of like process what he's saying because we see when Ned tries to talk to her, she's cold. She's blocked off. But Sirio's, you know, obviously he's not her dad. So there's an element of that. But he just, he he connects it in a way that she appreciates. Well, I think there's a level of respect there too. Even though like she's nowhere near his level. Like she's, he's still talking to her as like, not an equal, but he is a person. And he's providing value. She is learning things. She right. is growing in her skill as a warrior. And so I think that that also leads to respect in the, words as he's well he's not trying to talk her out of that either no of he's who she confirming is, which everyone in her life tries to talk her out of who she is and 
she continues to tell people, no, I don't want to be a lady. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And then, and I think that's where she stops being as cold to Ned when he sets up her learning how to sword fight. Mm-hmm. And and then obviously Ciro, Ciro is just really good at, at teaching her and, and never says, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, but let's try it anyways because your dad's paying me. Like, But no, he, he goes, it's, it's you are going to learn how to sword fight. You're going to learn how to sword fight the right way as and, well. And for the right reason, he validates her feelings. And I think that that for me, when someone does that, even if they're trying to nudge me in a direction of growth, so that... Gay. Fuck you. Fuck you. Why don't you quit the podcast? I'm not going to quit the podcast, but... I wish you would. It would be interesting if we got through one episode without you showing just how truly... Truly what? Yeah. How how truly what? How truly gay you are. Okay, thank you. Let's be honest. Um, I'll validate your feelings all you want. I'm validating right now. Next week on (laughs) Next Apology Corner. Yeah, how many Uh, times are you going to have to apologize for calling me gay? Throughout this 73-week episode. I'm not apologizing uh, one single podcast. time for that. Well, you did. No, I apologize for making fun of your sex life. You also brought in the gay thing a little no, bit. No, I apologize for saying gay was lame. It's not... It just, yeah. You equated me to gay and lame, and it was a whole thing. No, 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 no. I just want you I to know, I took that, that you were backhanded apologizing for I want to be gay. clear. I'm saying that you are actually gay. Because <laughs> you're saying... Yeah, good. This is a good bit. Right. Yeah. This is a, but that's an insult. Riveting bit. Right. This um, is great audio, everybody. <laughs> I should be clear. So <laughs> in, in skip the, ahead 30 seconds or so. In the validation, uh, you know, Arya is obviously fearful for her father. Sirio gets that out of her and then says, basically, good. Like that's you should be. Um, and he says, um, you know, there's only one guy because he asks her about the gods. Mm-hmm. And and she talks about she's you know, prayed old and new. Praise old and new. And he says, There's only one God. Uh, and his name is Death. And there's only one thing we say to Death. Not today. Not today. Not today. And that's a really powerful like line because it's showing her like, listen, whatever you're f- afraid of, whatever you're scared of, like this isn't the moment for that. This is the moment to be resilient, to to double down on our strength and grasp the things that we know, the things that we're good at, and not worry about what may be coming because now is not that time. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was really good. Uh, then we see a graphic scene of Daenerys just eating what we oh, find out. Yeah, I mean, you can one. see if you know anatomy, but uh, they eventually talk about it's a heart. It definitely was a heart. I assumed it was a horse because they were the horse people. And yeah. Obviously, you want their strength, Whew. but then it was. and bleh. If She was. For once, they, they tell you that it's a horse heart without saying, oh, it's a horse heart. You right. know, like. It, it, they tell you by by like Viserys saying, "Hope um, not my horse." Yeah, does she have to eat the whole heart? She says, "Yeah." He says, he, "Does she have to eat the whole heart?" Hope that wasn't my horse. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a good way to say, it. good way to you know show you what it is. Mm. How how was that scene for you and Lauren? I mean, I was mostly okay with it. Lauren didn't love it. Yeah, it's it's nobody really loved brutal. It. It's, it's pretty gross. It's uh, it's pretty graphic. Um, she does it. She downs the whole thing. There's a moment where we think that she's going to, you know, bring it all back up. She, you know, on her hands and knees, she takes a deep breath, she swallows, and then she sits up and... Like a true champ. Like a true champ, and it's totally fine. Um, Except she just vomited horse heart into her mouth and swallowed it back down. <laughs> and then we see, yeah, then we see, obviously, she's she's done something magnificent to the Dothraki, uh, and they are... They're really like appreciating 
her. They're chanting. There's a moment where she talks about the child, she his name. Him, yeah. This, the, you know, uh, uh, um, Jorah is kind of translating to, to Viserys. Talks about, you know, they're calling him the stallion who mounts the world. And they're talking about how he's going to rule. All the people in the world will bow to him. All this stuff. Um, the stallion who mounts the world is a really great description of someone. Yeah, but stallions oh. don't mount things. It's he, a sex thing. Mount oh, they they oh. mount they mount the a mare. Like, he oh he's gonna fuck the world. Whoa. Well, yeah. I think it's less that and more like make it his own. Type the, thing. the whole world's gonna be submissive be, to him, right? Hmm. Interesting. Fun fact: I used to think the acronym FTW, which is for the win, mm-hmm. was fuck the world. Mm. Yeah, it's interchangeable. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, it's it's about like he's going to bring the world into submission. He's going to be the leader of everything, all the known world, all the, all the men and women. Um and we see this moment where Viserys again is like just slapped in the face with the fact that he's nothing. He's nobody. He means nothing to anybody. Uh he even talks about how, you know, they love he says they love her. And then, you know, Jorah's like talking about he's he's describing again and then he turns and the series is gone. Um, but we see, there's a moment where we see Khal Drogo's face and he's like got this like smirk of like appreciation and love for Danny mm-hmm. when he sees her like, yeah, that's my woman. I thought that, that was like pretty cool because again, when they first started, she was nothing to him. She was just basically a warm body that was going to give him children. But I think that there is, we're seeing slowly this relational building of Khal Drogo, who's just this large muscular man, um, who now we're seeing like a little bit more into the maybe feelings that he has towards Danny, that maybe it's not just a sexual relationship. Like you're, you're like, I'm going to put a baby in you and then you're going to serve your purpose, but that there's this respect building. And I think that's really cool. I don't know if you guys picked up on that at all. Well, I mean, devil's advocate, it could just be more of like a, yeah, this is working out good. Like, I don't think that's what it is, but yeah, I mean, it could be. Could be. I don't, like, like you said, we don't know anything about him. Yeah. He's a really, really big question mark. Yeah. In, in a time when they're fleshing out a lot of other characters and giving us lots of backstory and character development, he's just there. Yeah. Like, I know more about the mountain than I do yeah. him. He's and just hot. There's nothing to the mountain. <laughs> he is just hot. He is super hot. Um, <laughs> How do you feel about that statement, Nick? Yeah, no, it just <laughs> it validates my feeling. All right. Then we uh then we see Viserys is then in the tent um and he's taking the eggs. Obviously he f- he feels or hears some something about the presence of Jorah that prompts him to turn around to be defensive. Um he sees J- it's Jorah and he kind of is a little bit disarmed. You know, he kind of like lowers his guard. And, you know, Jorah's like, those aren't yours. Uh, Viserys says, whatever is hers is also mine. And Jorah says, you know, maybe once. Um, and then they start talking about the the value of these eggs. Okay. And, and they're these petrified old dragon eggs. Like, are they ever going to come to fruition? Who knows? But they're valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned that when they were given to her. It was like, whoa, what? Um, but but uh, Viserys is kind of saying, like, with one egg, I can buy a ship. With two eggs, I can buy a ship and an army. And Jorah says, well, you have all three. He says, well, I need a large army. Well, that's good. Um, you did good. 
and uh, and um, then he starts talking about how you know no one has ever given me what they gave her in that tent, not a piece of it. And we see the kind of panic I think building in Viserys, where yeah. he's like, he's moving. he's not a leader. He's not a leader, and he's but he he still feels entitled to something, and he's feeling like an urgency to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And um and so. Um, he talks about who can rule without wealth or fear or love. Um, and then we get a really gross scene where we see the Viserys is willing to do anything, uh, to, to get an army and win back the throne, uh, where he's offering, basically he's telling Jory, you can do whatever you want with her. It doesn't bother me at all. You know, she can, she Mm -hmm. can do whatever you can have, whatever piece of her you want. Yeah. But what's like as gross as that is, that's not the grossest thing that he's done specifically <laughs> with Danny. I think that, um, the other, the, there's two things about that scene for me. So one, you actually see, uh, a little bit into the series in his, in his life and who he has been expected to be, who he has tried to be, but he's just not, like mm-hmm. you said, he's just not a leader. Um, tried to be, he said, you know, uh, the greatest dynasty that the world has ever seen on my shoulders since I was five years old. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, a five-year-old growing up thinking that I've got to, I've got to win back this throne. I've got to win back the entire kingdoms that were taken from my family. And I'm the one that can do it in his mind. Danny's not, not an option. Um, it's, it's him. I don't even, to, to be honest with you, and this is kind of, kind of giving him maybe more credit than he deserves, but I kind of feel like it, it's not even just that he feels like he's the only one who can. I think he feels like it's his responsibility that he has to do this. Right. He kind of talks in a way that it's not an option. Right. Like this mm-hmm. is, it's this or nothing for me. Right. And then he talked, the pressure of that, like it, this is it. I've got to. And I think that that shows maybe like why he is so horrible about it because he feels like I got to do this at all costs and he feels that it's slipping away from him. And so he's got to grasp onto something. It's also close. He, when, when the, when the Danny marriage happens, he feels like, okay, this is it. And it's slipping all away. This, you know, the last 17 years I have waited for this moment. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think that it's a, it's, it's a good look into it. The other piece, uh, number two would be, um, so he has his sword in that scene. Yeah. Um, it's two of them, doesn't he? He does. Um, he has like a like a long dagger, and then he has a sword. And I have a note about the sword later, ass. but we can talk about it now. Well, but but here you see the hilt of it, and it's badass. It is badass. It's um, and then the other because Jorah makes mention of it. He says, "Don't let them see you with a sword in Vase Dothrak." You know, you know the law. He says, it's "Not my law." And but uh, but in that moment when Jorah's standing in between him and the door, and he's got the eggs, Jorah doesn't have a sword. Viserys does. Just fucking kill him. I don't think Jorah needs a sword to fight. <clears throat> I think that Viserys... I think Viserys still sees Jorah as an ally. He, no, he, he said, does, does loyalty mean nothing to you? And, and Jorah kind of shows that I'm not loyal to you. It means everything to me. That's why I'm standing in front of I you. I think this is the scene where he... Realizes where he realizes. I, right. I, I think up until that point, he never even considered that yeah, Jorah was you, an enemy. That's when, you, that's when you take the sword out and you say, okay, cool, great. I think, I think it's so... Shell shocking for yeah. him to realize that oh the one guy I thought was my ally's not. I just remember watching it thinking that that was so surprising to me that mm-hmm. he decides to drop the eggs without if you if this is all all your responsibility and this is all the pressure you feel do it. 
Well, it it would be within his character, yeah, to to do to cut Jorah down in that moment, whether he be, killed him or it not. It would be within his character of who he thinks he is. I think it kind of shows us that it's actually not in his character. He doesn't know how to kill people. He doesn't know how to do that. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, I don't not knowing much about him other than what we know. Like, I don't see him being the type of person to. Mm-hmm pull out his sword other than when he's drunk like later which i'm imagining that he is or at yeah. least just like whatever he's or drunk like, on he's something drunk. and i and i love it i'm here for every bit of it yeah or it's like someone who's far weaker than he is yeah um anyways i just th- those two things yeah. uh yeah. i like that about that scene and then obviously his sword is super cool i think we did see his sword uh in the grass when they were like when he rides up and like you give orders to me. And yeah, briefly. I think we did briefly see mm. it, but well, we get a really good look at it later. And I've got a note. Yeah, I, I just yeah. my note is that I think he cool his sword. His right. is the coolest sword I think up until this point that we've seen in the show. So give I his mean, sword to your your. I know ice. you love ice. Ice is awesome. Ice is ice is gigantic. Gigantic. It is gigantic. It's not as cool as Viserys. Sword. I don't know. I haven't seen it up close, so I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll give I mean, a serious yeah. sword to the Knight of Flowers. Yeah. And then... Loris Tyrell. Yeah, you just have Justin's favorite. And he can have ice on the back. How yeah, about how about that? There's some other weapons that come in that, that I think hold that do hold up to it. But uh, for me, I mean, it's just a very different weapon. Ice is a very different... It's cool mm-hmm. because it's fucking huge. Yeah. Um. And anyways, it, yeah, so... Uh, all that to say... In that scene, that's kind of what I what I take out of it. And And I also take out that... I don't know the guy's name that plays the series, but he is so good. He does he does such a great job portraying Viserys, and um, you know it's sad that he he only got six episodes. I think mm-hmm. he's. I think honestly, he was a, he might be back. Yeah. No. Okay. He. Uh, I don't know if he can get his head off the ground. <laughs> it'll be fine. Dunk. He. Um. I have a note later when he comes back again about just the actor's skill as an actor. And how I think he's a phenomenal cast, especially after you've read the books. Like you learn about the Targaryens, what they look like. I think yeah. physically he's exactly what I imagine Targaryens looking like. Elfish. And he, yes, very, very elfish. Yeah. And he's also extremely good at acting. Like he delivers his lines well. We see later he's drunk. Lots and, of facial expression mm, to it. Lots. It gets a whisper. The his, volume. His vo- yeah, his, his range of like emotional dynamic. Like he's he's a very very good actor. And I was, I was definitely sad to see the loss of a great actor. Mm-hmm. Much like Alan Rickman and Severus Snape, phenomenal actor. You disagree? I I don't disagree. I just go ahead. I wouldn't compare the two. I, no, I, I'm comparing the two because they're villains. They're not characters that you're supposed to love, but they both, they both provide. I think so many people love Snape though for for just the very the just wrong the reason. End. Just the end. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it's throughout that we don't really know it or see it or whatever. But but so many people love Snape. Yeah, they're willing that, to put aside the fact that he tortured that he kids. tortured children. Yeah, because he had a grudge. Minorly. What? Just minorly tortured them. Yeah, minor torture of children's fine. I mean, it's just it's a school. Yeah, it's you're you've just been to a teacher. private school, right? Nope. Oh, okay. Public school only for me. Yeah, well, don't worry about it. I went to a private school. Did we you were, get tortured we by tortured. Professor Snape? No, we were tortured in other ways. Right. Emotionally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us more. Yeah. I, I I I'm equating the two because both are villains. Gotcha. Neither is a neither is a character that you particularly love. 
but it's hard to not appreciate the, the performance that they put together. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Viserys is similar to Snape. I'm just saying that both of those actors, I think Beltrix the Strange is another mm-hmm. great one. Or Umbridge. I can't. I hate her so much. Another great really cast. Appreciate. Another great cast. Great cast. Perfect cast. I can't appreciate the acting because I you hate her. I that hate much? her that much. Wow. So Bellatrix is also in the Crown. She Bellatrix is, is in, the crown. in a ton of things. Right. Yeah. No, I know, but it's just a very different. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. It's crazy. She's so good. But I just think great, great acting. Um, yeah. I did want to mention that the scene kind of. I loved it that it started to not humanize and not forgive, but like. You see, like we were talking about how like he feels this like weight on his shoulders. And then I kind of started thinking like, I think every other villain, quote unquote, in this show, with the exception of Jamie, has like, they've done a really good job of showing you, hey, they're not just these like crazy evil people. Like they have some sort of. That's one thing that I really like about Game of Thrones is they explain the why. Mm Mm-hmm. There's multi facets to that character too, and some will change throughout the show. Some will change one way or the other. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow. Right. One way or the other. Um, and I'm, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. Like it, it fleshes it out. You're not just a. This is part of the reason why I don't love Marvel villains, because for the most part they are one dimensional, mindless. There's no purpose there's no mm-hmm. craftiness it's just mindless city destroying villains and i love a really like fleshed out really thought-provoking kind of character and i think the series while he is evil he's not a good character he's not a good person he's not a good person he he is a good character you're right he's not a good person you do see some of the why mm-hmm. it does help us to understand the why is he this way? It doesn't excuse his acts, doesn't yeah. excuse his behavior, but it helps humanize him. And it's such a brief fleeting moment before he doesn't even exist anymore. He's gone. Like they didn't need that scene and no. we would have been fine, but yeah. like it just adds another to the example of where so we're more forgiving towards men of like, Hey, we understand why you feel that way. Versus, but we haven't seen Cat. Negative. <laughs> I know you're nope, absolutely not. I know I you're talking about, specifically about Cat, but I don't feel like I've seen a reason for her to be a jerk to her other than like in my head having to go like, okay, well I get that he's living, a bastard, breathing reminder a of uh, yeah something. of infidelity. Yeah, that, like, it, that you're forced to. But I don't know when that happened. Yeah, you don't. Okay, so well he comes back from Robert's Rebellion with John. Was that's he what, married at that time? Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what she says in episode one. Is that well, then you, you went off to war with him once and came back with another woman's son, and mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah. I mean, I I, I get where you. I mean, I also don't think Cat is as bad as you guys think that she is. Not that I need to say you're sure. myself. <laughs> I I'm not I, and again. We, I wasn't defending no, no, the series. I I, 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 I know. just like the backstory. Of it. I think I Nick's just, being dramatic, but he's also wrong because I've I've defended Cat. When Cat talked Ned- a lot of shit to his wife in this episode, he was trying to get a little Cat, bit back. Cat and Ned were against each other, and you took Ned's side. I took Cat's side. Yeah, I always take Ned's well, side. Well, and also, I've forgotten her name at this point. Siri? Cersei? Cersei. 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 Like, yeah. we saw her backstory, and it humanized her a little bit, And too, we talked like, about that. You are doing well with the names. I got to give you credit. Thank I mean, you. It's yeah. so freaking hard. I know. Even, I know. like... Lauren and I were talking at the end of this episode. We're like, okay, what happened? Who are these people? Yeah. I don't. Why? Especially do we... if you are, if you're watching it a week apart, which you should be. I am. Um, if you are, like, that's it's hard. It's yeah. hard to track it all. We'll um, get there. Yeah. No, we're, you're we're doing great. Slowly seeing the weed, when I get to, weeding out of people. Yeah. When I yeah, get to episode right. seven, good part is we've already lost half the characters. You <laughs> Perfect. 
Um, then we then we cut to uh, we're back in the Erie. Uh, we see back in the cell, Tyrion and Mord comes back in. He's he's asking about the gold. Tyrion or Tyrion's offering him gold. Mord Another says, "Great." Oh, Mord says, "No go." And um, it's, it's it's like I'm there. Tyrion yeah. has a line that says, "Sometimes possession is an abstract concept." Abstract concept. And um, <laughs> he like uses his arms, his little his little tiny arms and hands, like it's an abstract concept. I know you guys can't see my arms and hands, but he's uh, making fun of. I'm not. I'm not. I, another great Tyrion line. I'm not going to say <laughs> it's my favorite because it's not. The impregnate the bitch is one of, is my favorite, but. The, but this line is a really good one. And it's one I actually use in everyday life. And no one ever gets it. <laughs> like sometimes it's possession a, is an abstract concept. It is a good one. Um, and then we see him obviously get into the explanation of the Lannisters. You know the Lannisters. You know that we're good for it. Like, I, I'm going to get you the gold. I don't have it on me because it's, you know, possession can be an abstract concept. He, that's, he like, that's the phrase. Lannisters, you know we're good for it. You know we're good for it. He pauses Basically. too. He pauses when he says, "Cause you're a smart man." <laughs> he has to dumb it. He he explains it, and then he every I loved it. Every time he would then dumb down what he had just yeah. said for Mord. Yeah, I would be in your debt. I would owe you. I gold. would owe you gold. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's funny. And that obviously leads to him coming before uh, the, the 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 council. We see God. The council. Just the craziest. The crazy look. lady and her son. Yeah. She is in. When we were watching that, Robin, uh, Robin Aaron like freaks out and it's like, make the bad man fly. And Emily was like, God, I hate that kid. And yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hate Liza too. Everybody does. <laughs> you're, you're not alone. But Robin's very annoying. Um, and Tyr- Tyrion's like, I'm going to confess my crimes. And he, he talks about, you know, seeing the, you know, making the girl run back naked and some stuff like that. But then he talks about the most heinous of all crimes. I milked my eel. I flogged the one-eyed snake. I skinned my sausage. I made the bald man, made cry. The bald man cry. Into, into the, the turtle, into the turtle soup, soup, the turtle soup that I think my sister ate. At I least hope I hope did. she did. That's not even the best one. That we Gross. don't even get the best one. The best one is uh, I took a jackass and a honeycomb into a brothel. <laughs> did you notice that somebody says... And then what happened? It was Robin a kid. Does. It was Robin. Robin, Robin, does. Does. Robin says, and then what happened? And I said verbally out loud when I was watching the show, we all want to know, Robin. My we thought, all want to know. My what thought happened. is always, I want to know the end of that. Please but I didn't going. realize that Robin addressed it until yeah. this last watch through. Um, I don't know. I don't have any idea where that's going. Do you have any <laughs> guesses? Honeycomb and Jackass? I really don't know. Um, I, unless he put the honeycomb on places and made the jackass lick things, I don't know. Whoa, okay. Get a little know, hot you've in here. Let's get a little this, experiment this, on the uh, bedroom. Certainly the not in here. I do like honeycomb. Um, the cereal, yes, oh, yeah. very good. Yes. Um, so, anyways, yeah, it's a good scene because you 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 go all the way through this scene into Tyrion asking for a trial by combat. Yeah. Um, Naming Jamie, showing champion. the moon door. Uh, naming Jamie, uh, even Servardus Egan, like saying, like I, I would like to fight him, but, but he's yeah. And and Tyrion's short line back is uh, so Servardus Egan says, um, you know, it would be a crime. Huh? Yeah, yeah, 
it would be a crime to to slaughter a uh, a man that small and call it justice. And Tyrion says, "Agreed." <laughs> it's just it's perfect. Um, Tyrion was really good in this line. This is what Tyrion's good. At. He's a good talker. Mm-hmm. Um, then he names his brother, you know, his champion. Liza says, "Nope." The trial will be held today. He doesn't argue either. No, argue I, to that. I think he knows that there's not much point yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. And then he needs to pivot. I think he realizes that if I spend too much time arguing, I'm going to lose a chance to potentially get any. Everyone in the room is anti me. I got to try to try to appeal to someone. And then we see Bron steps up. Bron's not, you know, a part of the the veil. You know, he's 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 a sellsword who joined. I don't really remember why he joined. They go in. into it more in the books of how he joins that party. Um, but really, in the show, it's just Tyrion flips him a coin uh, as if he is the Witcher in uh, in the, the bar in the tavern. Yeah, and then there, and then he's with them on the road. And he really uh, liked that impregnate. Yeah, and wanted to impregnate the bitch. Um, but yeah, no, they they actually explain it really well in the in inside the episode. They say, which be careful watching that. If you do watch that, I don't. Okay, because they do kind of get into some spoilers there, but um, uh, they do a good job of explaining it. Like Bronn's just this sellsword that sees the opportunity to make Tyrion basically be in his debt, and so he's like, you know what, I'll stand for the dwarf. I got it. Um, and so, and then we see a, a great fight scene. Great mm-hmm. fight scene. Yeah. I and thought he would, uh, spare him at the end. No, nah, it's not. And then he, did, style. he did the opposite. You, I don't think you really can do that in trial by combat. I think it is like a fight to well, the yeah, death. Well, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a fight to the death, but with everyone. He looked up. He said, do you, do you want me to do this? I mean, well, we, so up. that they actually break the actual fight into a separate scene later, but we're there now. So we'll just, we won't get to it later, but, um, there's actually a, what I thought was a really good line um, where Elisa says, you don't fight with honor. And Bron says, no. He, he looks did. down. He did. He did. <laughs> and, um, and I just, man, I thought that that was, it was just, it was good. Like it shows a little bit of this like minor character, Bron, and what he's about. Like he's like, yeah, why would I fight with honor? Honor, you, you end up dead. And um, I think it's kind of fleshing out the world a little bit mm-hmm. more. You know, Westeros doesn't seem like a place where, Honor, when you see Littlefinger and Viserys and, I mean, uh, um, and Varys and you see Cersei, all these schemers, and and it just doesn't seem to to get you. you we see Ned, who's full of honor. Schemers doing well. Schemers feeling comfortable. Ske- schemers in control. And Ned's just fucked. Ned's laying in a bed with, you know. The, a, the spear through his leg. Right. Yeah. Fuck. And all um, of his men dead. Yeah. All of them. Including What's his Jory. name with the, yeah, Jory, Jory. with the. R.I.P. Do we talk about? Does the show ever talk about why um, Aaron's wife is John Aaron's wife is insane? The or is book, it, the book talks about it a little more. Okay. Um, she was kind of a um, kind of an outcast, like growing up. Yeah, like it seemed like she was always kind of off. Yes, but then these past five years or however long it's been since Cat saw her that Aaron was talking about, like got worse. But I think even in, in episode one, Ned sort of alludes to it. He's like, she's she's out of her mind. She's fresh widowed. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Oh, yeah, like, when she got the like, don't believe Raven. Liza. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. And but Kat's like, no, that's my sister. No, she's okay. Sister. Yeah, she's yeah. right. It seems like <clears throat> the books talk about she's always been that way. Somebody had a line. I, I think it was Tyrion. Yeah, where she's she's changed. <laughs> yeah, but there was a, a descriptive word. Um, she's always a bit touched. Touched, and um, right like. 
the books talk about it more where she's kind of always been this way. She's always but, been an outcast. And that's why John Aaron was really her only match because he was so much older. So you don't really get to see him because he's never alive in the show mm-hmm. or in the books really. But like, but he was so much older. It was really almost like a, um, like a favor to, to Hoster Tully. Who's there. Who's Catelyn and, and Liza's dad. Right. Um, because he he couldn't match her with anybody. She was a second daughter. You know, she was weird. Touched. She, she, yeah. And so the John Aaron marriage really was the only one that could be done. And, and, but it's a great marriage because she's now the the lady of the veil. Well, which which, a, which a wasn't supposed wasn't well, she supposed was only the lady because Cat wasn't? Because John wasn't no, no, no. was John royalty or was Cat and Liza are from the Riverlands. It's they're a different from, yeah, different from house. They're from the Riverlands. Yeah, gotcha. Tully, she yeah. is in the Vale, the Eerie, because she was married to John Aaron. Gotcha. The, the longer name for the Vale is the Vale of Aaron, meaning John Aaron. John Aaron. His gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. I think that there's we a lot later that the Riverlands are not part of the Seven Kingdoms. Correct. Mm. They're they're not a kingdom. Correct? They're not considered one of the seven. Right. They are. And they I are, can't name you the kingdoms. Don't ask. They are in Westeros. Right. It was when Robert was talking about doing the eight or whatever. Yeah, making the eight. Making, making the, the eight. eight, dude. You can't name the seven. I can't. I've tried lots of times because they really don't flesh it out in the in the show. They don't flesh it out that much in the books either. The only way you can really get it is from the maps in the books. So obviously the north. What well, you know, the the Iron Islands. Iron Island. I don't think they're a kingdom. Pretty sure they are. Okay. Well, if only if, we had the internet. If we're disagreeing now, <laughs> there's no point in continuing. Yeah, I know there's Dorn. I know Dorn counts as a kingdom. Um, I know that uh, that you have the, the north. Reach. I know you have the reach. Um, uh, I think the Westerlands is is kind of the Stormlands. The, yeah. So it, it's it's just kind of difficult. Um, yeah. Because the Riverlands doesn't count as one apparently, according to Robert. But mm-hmm. um, but they but yeah. are in Westeros, right? Yes. So anyway, um, what were we talking about? I don't know. Uh, oh, Liza. So Liza. so yeah. So Liza touched. is is she's touched. She's her husband was murdered. She suspects foul play. But then also she now has this power that she was never really supposed to have. She mm-hmm. was you know, and I think all of those components, sugar spice, everything, everything nice. nice. Now we have the Powerpuff Girls. You know, that we got the Powerpuff Girls. Gotcha. But less cool. Oh, I thought you were going more Spice Girls wise. Nope. Spice up your life. That's the uh, every boy and every girl concoction with a little bit of what is it? Chemical uh, X. Chemical X. X. Um, don't worry, they're making a live action. Can't they wait. Are. I don't. I don't know. I love the Powerpuff Girls. I mean, they're great. Oh, Jojo, Jojo. Jo. All of those cartoons were great at that. Time. They were all, Cartoon Network was the shit back then. Dexter's Lab was my jam. Dexter's yep. Laboratory. Omelet du fromage. Courage, cowardly dog. Um, there were a bunch of good ones. Uh, so then we see uh, the scene with Robert on the hunt. Um, what a weird collection of people. Um, we've ob- we obviously have uh, Sir Barristan. Uh, we've got Loris Lancel, or Lancel and Renly, and, and then Robert. And just- Lancel was the one he was like yelling at to find the breastplate. Correct, yes. right? And yelling about the wine. Mm-hmm. Connor was a whore with a fat, fat ass. Was a whore with a fat ass. Um. So then we see kind of a lot happening there. I've, we've it's talked really a couple times. Show. Do you want a shirt that says that too? Yes. All right, you got <laughs> That's it. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, super misogynistic show that um, didn't realize it until I started watching with my wife. You never realized that? 
I mean, I'm yeah. <laughs> boop, boop. It's, it's privilege. I don't know. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how privilege goes. Okay, um, but at least you recognize it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm seeing it now because I'm listening to her experience. <laughs> Justin loves this conversation. Keep going. No, keep it up. No, I'm done. Uh, so then I'm trying. I'm just trying to get through. <laughs> we have a fucking shit ton of stuff to get through. Uh, they're having this conversation. Um, there's the you know allusion to making the eight or the conversation about making the eight. But then we get into what I thought was really interesting. Um, in the last episode, we saw Loris telling Renly that you should be the king. Then we see in this moment, Renly stop. You know they're they're walking along. He mm. stops because because Robert's talking about how great things were back then, and Renly says. Uh, in what days? When half of Westeros fought and killed each other, or when the Mad King slaughtered women and babies because the voices in had told him to, or, or are you talking about further back when dragons uh, burned whole cities to the ground? And I just thought that this showed a little bit of his thought process, and I wondered if you thought at all about how maybe this was setting him up to be potentially in line for the king when he's beginning to think about things as they are now and how were they better then? How would I do this differently? Like, did your mind go there at all? Or did, did you just, you didn't think about that? So I did think about it, but I didn't think about that. What my thought processes were, were more like, I, I made it an analogy to like modern times. Make how, America great again. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, wasn't going to go that route, but like, yeah, so many people are like, man, I wish it was like the fifties. And it's like, Oh, cause I like, yeah. Like all of like all of the everything that was bad right, back then, right. or like, man, World War Two times were great, huh? And it's like, no, it was World War Two times. Right. Like right. that sucked. Yeah, but no, it's just and that that's exactly where I went too. Yeah, it's just a an, uh, it's just the a, argument an, against an idolization yeah. of the of the past. Exactly, you, you never remember the bad things; you remember the good things. Exactly, and, it's not that America is not great; it's that it's that. I mean, what we're talking your, about, why'd you where, put your hand up to me because I don't, that. we don't need to do this, but like, <laughs> it's not that it's that, you know, it's just, there, there's an argument to it that like, okay, which one are you remembering? Are you remembering this? Are you remembering that? Cause, cause let's just paint the real picture here, which was, you know, people died by the millions when it came to the, to Robert's rebellion, people, mm-hmm. you know, dragons burned whole cities to the ground. You know, if we're talking about America, slavery and world and world war two and, and you know, the, the, uh, and, 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 you know, civil rights and, Women's right to vote, all that kind of shit. Like, I mean, which which part are we talking about here? Right, like it might you have know, been great yeah. for you, but right. I don't think it was great for your people. Or maybe you're just remember you're you're idolizing the past. You're 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 making it romanticizing. Maybe is right. better. That's a, a that's word. a better yeah. word for it. So I know I, I thought about the same exact thing, and and I think it's a great line from Renly. Um, and Emily said that too. She you know she good good for you, Renly. Good for you. But anyways, yeah, it was a good one. It's good. And I just thought it was I to I. I made a connection to that conversation. You know, Loris is obviously trying to get it. Renly. Oh, Loris. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. He yeah. was so trying to. Yeah. He was trying to fluff up Renly. Yes. Uh, but I think he believed it. I think he he meant I mean, he what he fluff said. Up Renly. He did fluff him up. <laughs> then he drained him. He um, milked, milked the eel. I thought. I thought uh, Robert's response to that was equally as funny. Just which was what? Drink more wine. Yeah. <laughs> um, which Barrison's face said exactly what my face would have said. Like. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> I, yeah, Barrison was a little like, hmm, I don't know. This is what's all going on real here. weird. Um, so anyway, it's, I just, it's just another like Robert not necessarily being kingly. No, like not he's at a all. great. I don't know, maybe great guy. I don't know. He's a great character, but not kingly. Then we see uh, Ned back in King's Landing holding court. 
um, we see this this story about you know some raiders, and raiders killing people and burning everything. And this is I mentioned this to Nick briefly when we watched the episode, but I think this was a major misstep for Ned. I think sure. So Ned Ned always makes bad decisions. I would agree that he often makes bad decisions. Nick would say he's never made a bad decision ever. Um, I don't necessarily think they're not good decisions for him and his like life and how it works out, but he's making decisions that he thinks are the honorable but difficult decisions. It's not easy to call out Tywin Lannister, the richest man in the realm. Well, let's talk about what he what he said first, and then we'll talk about the. Yeah, I'll just, I'm going to go over here and just go fuck myself. You can fuck I'll yourself be back great. in a second. We'll miss you because before he gets to Tywin, he gets to perfect. He gets to the mountain. <laughs> So that was what sparked all of this, and I think that his, what he what he said and how he said it, I think, is a big glimpse into what I view as a major misstep by Ned. He's obviously not in a position of strength and power right now. He's kind of skating on thin ice. He's sitting on the Iron Throne, <laughs> understandably, but he's got the Kingslayer after him. He and he and Robert are fine, but they're not thriving. Cersei hates him. I mean, he's separated from his family. His household guard is that he he might be sitting on the Iron Throne, but he's not in a position of Take strength. yourself back to the conversation. Don't nod your head like you know where I'm going. No, I'm nodding my head. To, Does he know where I'm going? No, because oh. I just want you to just... So take yourself back to the conversation with him and Robert mm-hmm. where he says, someone's got to hold you know uh, Jamie accountable. And Robert says, I'm half, half a, a kingdom, kingdom in, in debt. debt to his bloody father. So Robert cannot hold the Lannisters accountable. Ned feels like no matter what the debt is, no matter what this is, you've we've got to keep some sort of peace. This motherfucker just just ran through this village. That guy who said that they took their women and then they took them again and then they butchered them and then they covered their kids in oil and lit them on fire and like all of this stuff. That stuff can't stand. And and clearly what 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 the mountain does is ordered by Tywin, and so yeah, it's allegedly, just, it's, allegedly. Well, that's what Littlefinger, Littlefinger, Littlefinger sprinkling in yeah. some that's some. What, that's what Littlefinger's alluding contentiousness. to. Contentiousness. But anyways, I just you know Ned seeing the opportunity that like okay, well someone's got to hold him accountable, and Robert's not going to do it, so I'm going to do it. Well, and also like you said, he's sitting on the Iron Throne. I don't know if this is necessarily in Ned's personality, but it's a little bit like he Jamie just stabbed me through the leg, killed all of my guys. Someone's got to pay for that. And that's kind of where I'm getting. So Ned says he calls Barrett Gondarian forward. Who, another actor that changes. Another actor who changes. I, this Is this the only time we meet this Barrett? Only time. He says zero words. Next time we meet Barrett, it'll be well, a different Well, he may Barrick. say, like, my lord or something like that. He um, says, yes, my lord, or yeah. whatever you wish, or something like right. that. Um, it, Ned stands up and says, part so we get paid. Right. I, Ned, you know... Robert, titles, 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 charge you to bring the king's justice to the false knight, Gregor Clegane, and all those who shared in his crimes. I denounce him and attaint him and strip him of all ranks and titles, of all lands and holdings, and sentence him to death. I don't know what the word attaint means, but... It's powerful. It's it's an interesting one. Does he say attaint or I taint? He says attaint. Oh, I thought he said he's a taint. I don't think they would say that. I think it has but something. I, I think it has that. something to do with the anointed nature of being a knight, and then tainting that. Like, like the anointed is like a it's disgrace. How many right. How many times have we say the word taint? 
it's not as big a deal to me as it is to you. Yeah, it's it's fun. I like a six year old. Um, <laughs> then he calls Barrick Ford and says, or no, then then he tells uh, Maester Picel to because he's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Uh, send a raven to Casterly Rock and summon Tywin to court. Uh, or basically, he's going to be branded an enemy of the crown and a traitor of the realm. Mm-hmm. And I think in this moment, Ned took an opportunity where he had some power given to him, and he just ran across the line of what was acceptable. Well, also, if he is declared an enemy of the crown, that kind of clears up that debt, too. Ex- except that except that the the crown is moving forward on the ongoing and continued support of Tywin Lannister. Right, but you take all of his money because he's an enemy to the crown now. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen the way that that I sentence mean, unfolds. I mean, obviously, you guys know these things. No, but, but I'm just saying, like, you telling him he's an enemy of the crown well, and no. physically taking everything away from him are two very different things. Right, but now that you have... Now that you have put out a warrant for his arrest... If people are following the crown, they're going to go do stuff like you have. You've now given yourself the authority to do these things. But Renly has alluded to Cersei has alluded to Ned has alluded to Robert has alluded oh, I'm to not the saying fact it's that smart. It's that Ned. He is holding on to the that Robert is holding his position as king in large part. Littlefinger alluded to in large part because of the continued support of Tywin. Totally. So if then you label him a, a traitor and an enemy of the crown, you take that support away, who's funding your army? Who's funding all your endeavors? Because mm-hmm. his support is the, is the same. He's not getting anything in return right? other than the power to... A little bit of power to, to do... But his money is the one who's driving the ship forward. Yeah, but Ned doesn't give a shit about money. That's I the understand, thing. Right. but he needs to. Well, and the, the point and that's that I'm, what I'm making. saying. I don't think Ned is making an intelligent choice here, but in his mind, possibly, this clears up all of that problem. I think he's just trying to threaten... I don't think Ned's as... I think you're giving him more credit than he uh, deserves when it comes to the scheming aspect. I see where you're going with that. That's that's true, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see. Obviously, I see where, Justin, you're coming from, but I just don't... I, I, th- I think that it's just Ned saying, this place is nuts. Everything that I've seen in the last month or two that I've been here is is crazy you're talking about murdering kids you're talking about like worried about people coming from over the sea like all this stuff just fucking do the normal shit that we do which normally you're not allowed to go into villages and fuck people up you can't do that right but calling but but when it's an anointed night as I mean, was clearly he's he, it's clearly he's bitter about jamie i th- not that's able to go the o- point go that i'm making him. i'm not making the point that that all these things don't need to be addressed. What I'm suggesting is that Ned should have fucking waited until the king got back and let the king make those fucking decisions. He already tried, though. Not not this. This wasn't addressed until until he's gone. This is a different level. The Stark and Lannister beef was a little... Jamie was, was a little bit justified in wanting some retaliation because Catelyn kidnapped her brother jamie's brother cersei is justified in her anger towards ned because catelyn kidnapped her brother when you begin to to then flesh out your frustration when you've got a little bit of power and you denounce an anointed knight and you call the richest man in all of westeros a taint a taint and an enemy of the crown 
And he you did call pl- him an enemy of the crown. He said if he doesn't respond, he's an enemy of the crown. You are playing with fucking fire. Sure. That's, and well, I'm but, saying that that's not a responsibility that anyone other than the king should have. And I, all that I'm, I'm not even saying that these things shouldn't be addressed. I'm just saying, I'm not even saying that Ned shouldn't have done something. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that what he did was acting out of emotion and he made the wrong fucking move. He made okay. a very drastic decision. That- I'm not saying he made the wrong. He made the right move either. I'm just. I. I know. Obviously, we. I'm just coming from where Ned is thinking, and that's all. But yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I do think there's a cool line at the end of that scene where um, Littlefinger says, "Goldwyn's war is not soldiers," and Ned says, "Then why do you think Robert is? Why is Robert King?" I wrote that one. And down. Not, that's a good one. What's his name? And not Tywin Ty- Lannister. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's funny because Robert's king mainly because... Because of Tywin Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so I also had a question, and this is a like a legit question. It's not like a I have another idea about it. <clears throat> like, does is Ned justified in his anger at the Lannisters because of, like, Jamie's inaction at the murder of his dad and brother? I think that that is what he's... U- because he hasn't yet called out anyone... For anything related to Bran, Ned has no, not. No, not Bran. I know. I'm saying Ned, right, has not yet publicly addressed to Robert, to Cersei, to Jamie. To, he's not accused. Now, Catelyn obviously has, right, but Ned has not done that yet. I think Ned is is trying to paint the picture ahead of time so that when the time comes and he's ready to reveal this big thing, that there's already a stage set for Jamie's broken character and so i think that i don't think that ned is particularly wound up about those things mm-hmm. i think that they probably have bothered him but i think ned seems to be someone who over the years can move on from some stuff and it's been a long time since the, the starks were killed right i think really what's happening is he's wound up about one what happened to bran and what they suspect happened to bran being jamie having some kind of involvement in that mm-hmm. and then also Jamie's, you know, the Lannister soldier stabbing him in the leg and killing all of his household guard. I think that's what's actually driving Anjori RP. What's actually driving Ned's broken decision making, in my opinion. I don't, do you have a different feeling? You think it's driven by the Stark, the the death of Brandon? No, I don't. I I agree. I I don't think that Ned harbors, I mean, he obviously harbors ill feelings towards that, but, but, it's been a long time. He's not making decisions based on that anymore. This is based on current events that are happening with his son being pushed out a window, the you know Jamie attacking him in the streets. Mm-hmm. Things that the, it seems like the Lannisters are to him. It seems like the Lannisters are making decisions and making acts of war and violence without any with 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 impunity. You know, without right. any sort of 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 uh, you know repercussions and. Ned's like, I'm fucking tired of it. I'm, mm. Robert won't do it. I've already talked to him about it. Robert won't do it. And now another one comes where not just Ned's family is being fucked up, but this entire village has been fucked up by someone who answers. He may, Maybe we don't know. I mean, maybe Tywin didn't order that. But someone who answers to Tywin Lannister. And you are, kind. It, it, he's calling him to answer for his banner, for the acts of his bannermen. You know, bannermen aren't supposed to do things like that without that kind of uh you know without that kind of you know uh mm-hmm. uh you know uh, order. command order yeah so anyways i mean i get what you're saying and that's fine we can move on i think it's a great i think it's a good scene um because it definitely we've seen building for five episodes we've seen dominoes fall we've seen deaths happen we've seen attacks we've seen these things go on and we're still building and you're yeah. still seeing it like 
Oh, and we're doing this now. Okay. So yeah, it's a good scene. I like, like I said, great I like the scene, line great end. scene, great writing. And we've gotten a tiny little peek of behind the curtain from last episode. So who knows? Was this orchestrated by someone else to get the Starks and the Lannisters angry at each other some more? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we get into the trial by combat, which we've already discussed. Then we get into a brief scene with Sansa and, and Septim Ordain, and Joffrey comes in, and it's a shit show because Joffrey's yeah, a piece Sansa of shit. Is also, Sansa is an emotional, moody teenager. Teenager. I don't. I mean, she was unnecessarily rude to Septa, but ultimately, you know, her dad was just not Stabbed mortally wounded, but but nearly. Um, she's away from her family. She feels like an outcast as well. Like there's a lot going on. She she's being treated like shit by Joffrey. Like there's a lot going on for Sansa. Other than realizing that Joffrey is the biggest piece of shit on the planet, mm-hmm. I think this is kind of a throwaway scene, except for the fact that in inside the episode they are doing some behind the scenes stuff and they're showing them filming that scene. And they had Jack Gleason, who plays Joffrey, standing on like a, a wooden box or something like that, so that he could be tall enough to. To you know, look to be with Sam because Sophie's turn 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 is tall. tall. Yeah, yeah she's tall. and always has been. Yeah, so anyway, um, I just that was funny. it is it is a throwaway scene, but I wanted to at least mention it. I hate Joffrey. I I, I correct yeah. myself. I fucking hate Joffrey. I'll tell you what. If if Catelyn is a bitch, Joffrey's a fucking bitch. Like I. I hope that that makes giant douchebag worst. He's the worst character after this point in the show. I just fucking hate him. Um, then we get a another throwaway scene with Roz and Theon. Theon's having to say bye to the old Roz and so not not just Roz. Roz's vagina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> specifically. What a weird scene. It's well, so it is. Strange. A, it's a throwaway. But Italy it's, after that was like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> like, just because it's Game of Thrones. It's Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, it it's was, probably worse than the books. It was worse I than the books. I don't remember that specific one, but um, yeah. but it, another throwaway scene. But it, ultimately, Roz is smart though. What a fucking great business move for yeah. real. Business move. Okay, all the men are, are going to leave. They're going to leave for a while, and they're not. Most of them aren't going to come back. I'm out of here. Prediction: Are we going to see Roz again? Probably. Okay. So you think she makes it to King's Landing? Sure. All right. Or we at least see her not make it to King's Landing. Okay. Uh, then we see a scene with Ned and the girls. Um, Which I love that they still think that she's dancing. Yeah. 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 Uh. Well, Ned doesn't. Well, Sansa. Yeah. Sa- I just no couldn't remember. Sansa, Sansa might think that no one corrects her. No. Um. And and Ned tells basically reveals like I'm sending you guys back. Sansa loses her shit because she's like, no, I want to stay here. I want to marry the prince. And jo- Ned's like, I'll make you a better match. And she's like, no, I want him. I'm gonna give him beautiful son, or I'm gonna give him some many sons with uh, beautiful blonde hair. Boom. And Ned's like, what? And then, the uh, and then there's a, a Arya. Well, I love. So before we do that, I loved Arya when she was Seven like, hell. "No, it was like yeah. uh, he was like, I'll find you someone who's like, what did he say? Like, compassionate or yeah, like brave, noble. And gentle and, yeah, yeah, and she was strong. like, I don't want someone like that. <laughs> I loved Arya's look at like, yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, then, then Sansa says something about a lion. And Arya's like, no, stupid. His sigil's the stag. Yep. And that's when you really... I mean, Ned caught the, the blonde eyes. hair thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that really began to like like rock his world. Yeah. And he he opens up the book. He begins reading. So-and-so, black of hair. So-and-so, black of hair. So-and-so, black of hair. So-and-so, black of hair. Robert Baratheon. Robert Baratheon. Black of, black black of, of hair. hair. Joffrey, Joffrey Baratheon. Golden hair. Golden hair. Or, as Nick liked to say in the episode... 
yellow of hair. <laughs> I didn't say yellow of yes, hair. Yes, you I did. Said yellow hair. No, dude. I was sitting right next to I you. I didn't say yellow of hair. Not a fucking idiot. I was sitting right next to you. I mean, black of hair. Is black of hair, black of hair. But you just, just floated yellow haired. Okay. Yellow of hair is stupid. You, I said yellow. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you, I sat next to you. Okay. Yellow of hair. All right. Say what you want, bud. Okay. Say what you mean to say. Yeah. Say what you mean to say. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, it's. I had to have you, one singing mm-hmm. in this episode. So do you, you know what they're saying? That's what you said yeah. earlier. Yeah, you got it. I know, yeah. but I want him to yeah. now say it. That is not Robert's son, most okay. likely. Okay. I mean, we all know how genetics work, and they don't. Yeah, but all the bastards. All three. All, all my kids have. Had, all, all my kids have blonde hair. What does that tell you? Well, I'm probably not their dad. <laughs> but they, they all look, look exactly, they look exactly like you. Like you. <laughs> Especially that picture of you when you're a kid uh, on the fridge. Yeah, and it's Oliver. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Also, Brand sometimes reminds me of Oliver, just like a tiny little bit. That's that's not, not like the a, first person you said. Not that. like a ton, but every now and again, thing. I'm like, that kind of looks like Oliver. Not okay, in, no, yeah. it doesn't. I fucking hate Bran. Well, I'm not saying he acts like Oliver, but you're not the first person this week. This week this to week? say that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Emily said it on Emily Saturday. And Nick told me. Man, I didn't. See? I didn't say that, but Emily said it, and it was more of like a just because you know Oliver has this like sass to him, and Oliver has the, you know he he is sometimes too smart for not his even good. saying that. Just and, and sometimes he looks like him. A well, little the bit. other yeah he does, but the other piece was you know for a long time Oliver had this long hair. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, super long hair. And so he kind of looked like Bran. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. So Emily, you and I are holding this podcast together. I just (laughs) want to let you know. (laughs) I think Emily likes you a lot more than Lauren likes me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Well, does Lauren listen? Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Emily likes him and Lauren likes you more than either of them like me. No, that's that's untrue. Lauren likes you. Yeah. And I can. uh, Yeah. I guarantee you Emily likes you more than she likes Nick. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> any everyone does. Wow. Uh, then we get I like you, Nick. True. Then we get my favorite scene from this episode, uh, the feast. The feast in Vizdothrak. Oh yes. Um uh yeah, we just see this party happening. Viserys <laughs> Viserys stumbles in exactly like that. More drunk than you are. Yeah, yeah. But drunk nonetheless. And, Where's my sister? And he, that's, that's exactly what he's, he's just Maybe a, she's the only blonde that's inside of you. this room. Yeah, you, you can't walk into a room and there. instantly find, find her. Find the white, yeah. pale, blonde, yellow hair girl. Right. Yellow of hair. Yellow of hair girl. He then talks about wanting you know, a seat, and Jorah's like, he, he, you know, there's a seat out there. He says, uh, that's no place for a king. And, and Khal Drogo, in the very little English that we've heard him speak so far, says very clearly, very plainly, you are no king. You are no king. Um, then he, then Viserys. That's that. That's the tipping point. He pulls out that fucking epic sword. It's like a. It's like an. Uh, you know what are those things called? It's like a scimitar, scimitar but yeah. but it's not quite as. It's more elegant yeah. than that. It's um, got like an extra point to it. Yeah, it's a real a really cool sword. Um, and he does something that you see that this is the moment when it oh, shit he. Points the sword at Danny's belly. He kind of puts it up next to it, and you see Drogo lean over and talk to Jiqui. Yes. Wow. Um. And they're having a a, a and and Jiqui kind of moves around and but then we see like Drogo kind of like pause when the sword's to the belly because he's he obviously. It'll be cool. Hold on. Yep. Let's see. Wait. Let's hear what he has to say. 
Is the person you were saying that's the guy that was sitting on his left? No, no, no. Jiqui is she's narrate. She's translating. She's a translator. Yeah, she's okay. translating for him um, to know what what Viserys is saying to Danny. Right. Um, I just wasn't sure about the name. The the writers in the Drogo's Blood Riders are there. Yeah. Right. And they'll they'll explain Blood Riders later in the show. That's just that's what they are. But uh, the Blood Eagle. The it's basically oh. his. It's basically his Kingsguard. Yeah. So, um, so in inside the episode, the writers actually explain there that like that's the moment where not just Drogo is done with with Viserys, but Danny's done with him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because Dan, he's shown Danny to a, a more extent than she he really ever has probably uh, that I really don't care what happens to you. He said it I'm, before. Yeah. But he's never shown that at the never action shown that he he would actually make that act like do that action which mm-hmm. is carving a, an unborn baby out of her stomach yeah you're um, coming with me he can have the baby i'll cut it out of you yeah. i mean yeah. not to be a pedantic whatever but i think he shows that when he's actually gives her to caldrogo sure but she kind of gets that like she understands like okay this is something we have to do to get us to get back to to westeros um which is something that's important to you and so okay let's try to do it but this is the first time that he is like really okay. I can see that you're you're not you're not kid like you're you're not going to be better. Like she's watched him, she's watched over the last couple episodes. We've heard her say like he he won't bring us home. Mm-hmm. We've seen her kind of go lower and lower and lower on Viserys, and then Viserys gets super violent with her to the point where he's got a sword out. I mean that's probably the equivalent of I've never had a gun like held to me um i've had one like pulled out but i've never had one like point pointed at me Mm -hmm. um and i assume that it's a very similar feeling where you're just like this person there's nothing between my life this drunk person who's in a rage and their sword and me nothing see i almost saw it as the flip of this kind of like she's been treated well she's been shown what it's like to be like a person in high regard, but by also the, she's by the, uh, by the Dothraki, Dothraki. But she's yeah. also like her confidence level is so yeah. far boosted that I don't think it. I mean, maybe I just missed it. I don't know if it was like a fear of the sword because I think she was surrounded by the Dothraki. Like I don't know if she feared sure. for her life or her kid. It was just kind of like this is the last straw. Like yeah, and I don't. Like, I no I'm finally need yeah. I'm yeah. finally just done with right. All and I, of I don't this. need you. I've got. Drogo, I've got the Dothraki. Uh, this is my, especially after eating the horse heart. That's uh, that's the powerfulness of that scene later on in the episode of like, okay, she's now one of them. Yeah, and so she, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't need him. Um, and so, you know, Cal Drogo says, okay, well, he says, well, I want what I came I'll, for. I want a crown. Yeah. Drogo said, okay, you know, through Jiqui, you will have a crown, uh, a, a golden crown. crown. And basically, all all who see it will tremble or something along those lines. Did you see what was coming? I didn't imagine that he would actually give him a real crown. When he took the gold out, I was and like poured the stew. I was like, "That's awesome." When when he that was the moment when I was like, "Uh "Oh, he's about to dump gold." gold I also loved it because they're not allowed to spill blood, and he didn't. Correct. Correct. Yeah, killed him without. Yeah, which they is that's a huge piece of the book right a huge 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 piece in the books um i don't know why i said right i haven't read them but 
it's I imagine it's a huge it, piece it, of like their culture. It's it's a huge part of the Dothraki culture. It is actually Jorah says it when they uh, when he comes in with the sword. He's like, "Don't, Don't kill them. us all." Yeah, right. <laughs> like, um, super dramatic. And so you feel the anxiety of like, well, shit, what's gonna happen? Because Drogo can't, and that's what Viserys says. Like they they can't, they kill, can't me. kill us. They can't kill us here. They can't spill blood. Well, he fucking didn't. Mm-hmm. He did dump molten gold on your head, and the thud. When it like the heavy metal hitting the ground, I was like, "Oh my god, that's yeah!" Crazy. And it's more of a doink, and yeah, like like met like yeah, a, if like, you drop the heavy piece of metal. And, and the other thing that I love well, is that, Dro- that heavy. Drogo kind of gets down and like stares at him. Yeah, his, when, his, when he when he's dropping it, it he uh, like there's a brief second where he opens like like takes out his tongue like and like it's dude, this dude's nuts. Yeah. I just thought... Love me, Jason Momoa. Yeah. Easily, easily the most epic death up until this point in the show. It's not even close. Yeah. There's nothing that compares. No, no. That's a, that's, that is... Um, that's not what I thought you were going to talk about for a second. What do you think I was going to talk well, about? When you were talking about how you love Jason Momoa. He is a smoke show. Right. See, that's what I thought you were going to say. And then I wanted you to, on Instagram, rate the top five hottest. I guys. can do that. I'll Thank do you. that. Okay, perfect. I'll do that. Love it. Top five hottest guys in Game of Thrones up to season this point. one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. Well, I guess yeah, up to this point. Yeah. Easy. Let's get a every every like six episode check in from Justin. I feel like we're missing a couple though that do come in. And, yeah, yeah, but we'll do it up to this point. We'll do another yeah. one at the end of season one. Um so yeah. I, anyways. Spoiler great. alert, Jason Momoa is number one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's not is, even close. That is a spoiler alert. I like to imagine that Jason Momoa has a really Ooh. tiny penis. He doesn't. Because um, I have he to does imagine not. that. I have to for my own self-worth. Like, promise you. I've got to know. You are never going to be running in those circles. So it's <laughs> totally He's fine. also a really good person, <laughs> which makes yeah, it worse. Yeah, there's that one video, but like... Like yeah. when he saves everyone because he's Aquaman? No, the one video where he's like grabbing his stepdaughters. It's not yeah. as much of a grab as much as it is like his hand is like... No, his hand's just there. Yeah. Because he's got his arm around her like shoulder. I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't want to know. I don't want to. I don't want to know. It's Maybe like, I okay, don't want to yeah, know. I know what you're saying. You're exp- and, and I think that's a good explanation. That's a true. But that's it, what yeah, it is. It's she kinda, came out and said. He came out like it's cringy when you watch it. Though it's cringy it's when little, you watch it. But it's then, like the Tom Brady kiss. Like it's a little cringy. You understand? Like okay, that's just how it is. He didn't ever do this. He didn't squeeze. No, but what if Tom Brady had done that? Oh like, God. like his hand was just <laughs> there, and it was just awkward. Yeah. I want to leave this podcast now. Um, anyways, yeah. No, Jason Moa is great. I do love me some Jason Moa. Um, that being said, great death. Danny, Dan, Danny did not look away. George tried to get her to look away. She, Good for she her. didn't. Uh, Viserys screamed a few times, I'm the dragon, I'm the dragon, I'm the dragon. Um, love that ending line. Danny, Danny uh, you know, it's a crown for a king. Danny talks about how he was no dragon. Fire cannot kill a dragon. And I thought that that was a really powerful moment but it was also a really cool throwback to the opening episode or you know scene of the show with the egg where she held the egg was unburnt that wasn't the opening scene but it was early on and now we go back now we can also go back and say that we've actually seen that before in the very first scene that you see danny she gets done talking to viserys because he's being really fucking weird he's fondling her yeah exactly just like this. Oh, and she and goes into the no. water. <laughs> no, she goes into the water, and they're like, "Hey, it's really it's hot." Too hot, yeah. 
So that's it's just another throwback to like they're building this like this this heat versus dragons. So you know, heat can't really hurt them and all mm-hmm. this kind of shit. And it's it's pretty cool. And and Danny kind of just throws it out that fire can't kill a dragon. He clearly was no dragon. And obviously in the same episode we have that. So yep. yeah, great yep. episode. And it just man, great, it's like, oh, is there magic episode. in this actually? Are we gonna see it? Because we haven't kinda, seen it yet. Kind of going that direction, you would think. Um, no, we've seen White Walkers. That's really the only thing that has been like fantasy right now. Right. And I don't yeah. even know if that's just like. We don't really know much about it. Yeah. That's what's crazy about it is fucking season one is just like it opens with White Walkers fucking these people up. And then. We haven't seen them again. Nope. <laughs> like, okay. Let's get to other stuff. Yeah. We've gone a whole, a whole episode without seeing what's happening with Danny. Yeah. A whole, a whole episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was a little sad that they showed the wall in the opener, but then we didn't go to the wall. So the opener doesn't necessarily show like things that are happening in that specific episode, but just anytime they introduce a new place, they will add it into the opener. Does that make sense? But they've taken stuff away from the opener, haven't they? I don't think so. Because we, we, yeah, I don't think so. I need to pay better attention to what's happening. So that I can, but yeah, we haven't, we didn't visit the wall this episode. Did we? I don't think we went there last episode either. Um, I couldn't remember. That, no, that, I don't that think stood so. out to me this yeah, time. So we haven't so seen like, John. Oh, there's a couple, the Eyre, the Eerie. Yeah, it was, depends on who does the books. It's annoying. Um, so that was that was season one, episode six, titled A Golden Crown. If you have thoughts, feedback, questions, call in the hotline at 352-541-2409. Leave us a spoiler-free voicemail, and we will play it at the beginning of next episode. Do you have anything you want to add? I want to know. I want to do Keith Knows. We haven't oh, done Keith true. Knows in a while. We have not done Keith, Keith knows. knows. I have let that slip and fall. Beautiful. Um, We've also been going really long. I know. We're Sorry, really long again. No, um, no, we're short. We're 30 minutes shorter than the last one. Well, we're about to do another bit. <laughs> it could yeah. last a long well, time. Well, it won't last 30 minutes. Uh, so I don't Keith, know anything. Based on where everything has been left at the end of episode six, what do you think we might see in episode seven? Um, I think we're going to see, hopefully, the repercussions of Ned's statement and decisions there. Um, I'm interested in seeing what Tyrion does mostly because I really like him as a character post post walking away from the Eerie. Right. Do you want to know the episode title? Sure. You win or you die. I'm imagining that's referring to the game of Thrones. Maybe. Do you have any, any other guesses? Um, I love watching Nick's face. This has been Keith knows. (laughs) This has been Keith knows. Woo. Tune in next week for another dope episode. Thanks guys.